All right, it's been a busy week for uh, Inappropriate Earl. We first had the uh, Montreal Just for Laughs recap solo style, which people seem to enjoy. And then we had the, the great Marshall Teague, Jimmy Reno from Roadhouse, came down and we broke down the film among his many other films. I mean, if you look up his name on IMDb, it's amazing. Uh, his resume. I mean, uh, he was in the A team, uh, you know, the fall guy. I mean, he's been around for 30 years, successful in the business. So if you're a fan of Roadhouse, which a lot of people are, uh, check that out. It's pretty neat to hear him break down his fight scene with Swayze at the, uh, lake it's actually a real fight uh and if you look at it you go wow these guys look like they're beating the shit out of each other and i guess they were so uh check that out and today uh many of you know we have uh, a lot of people from roast battle and the comedy store we've had door guys uh ex-talent coordinators uh, today we have a guy who's maybe one of the few people on earth who's done comedy longer than me yeah uh, i mean between the two of us we have uh 18, about 34 years of stand-up and wow. maybe one tv appearance between the <laughs> yep actually two we were both on road to roast back yeah yeah but uh <laughs> put this is comedy store door guy who eerily looks like the bad guy uh from uh, Kickboxer, the great Van Damme movie. The Tom great, Pope. Yeah, I was going to call him Poe Kong. Uh, <laughs> I forgot his name, to be honest with you. It's been a while. Uh, give it up for Guam Felix. Yeah. What's up, you guys? Now, you asked me before this uh, podcast started, uh, do I need to know anything about you? Yeah. And uh, that's not how I do this podcast. Okay. Uh, I like to get to know you, if I don't know you, on the podcast. There we go. All right. I know nothing about you. Oh, okay. Other than your roast battle uh, uh, record. We'll get into that in a second. But, uh, you know, when I first started doing shows with you, people would be like, this guy's been doing comedy longer than you, Earl. But now I've been doing it 16 years. How long have you been doing it? Actually, right now, if we count maybe the last year and a half, let's just say 20 and where did you start? Because I literally, I don't know where you were born. I don't know anything about your background. Where did you start comedy? I first started doing comedy at the uh, La Jolla Comedy Store down in San Diego. So that was my first, like, stage time and actually, like, fall in love with the whole process of being a stand-up comedian. And, sorry, I was taking a picture it's there. Right. Uh, thank God for Stephen Piercy's mic knuckles. I was <laughs> able to grab the microphone a little quicker. Uh, what got you into comedy? So, you, you know, did you just, like, one day, like, what got me into comedy was every one of my friends telling me how funny I was. Mm -hmm. And they were all agents and managers, and they said, dude, you're funnier than any of our clients. Get mm -hmm. into it. What was your initial, like, urge to do it? I think uh, I remember this. I was uh, in sixth grade, and one of my my cousin uh, Tony was like, he comes running down the street, right? And he's like, "Hey, man, you got to come up to my house. I just watched this video of this guy named Eddie Murphy, right?" He's all, "Come on, man, come with me." So I remember going up to his house, and we watched uh, Delirious. And I was literally dying, like I'd never laughed that hard in my life. So. From then, I got obsessed with watching stand-up comedy. You know, I was only in sixth grade, so 
throughout like middle school and like high school, every time there was stand up comedy on television, I was fucking watching it. I didn't care what it was. You know, I didn't care if it was like, you know, the late shows had a comedy, a comedian on there. I'd watch that. You know, Comedy Central came along, whatever, anything, HBO, whatever, Showtime, anything that had to do with stand up comedy. I watched that shit, you know, and then the first time I actually performed it was I was uh, dating this girl down in San Diego, at San Diego State. And I was over at her house and she was just like, you know what? I always noticed that you're always watching stand up comedy. She was like, how come you never do it? And I never thought about it before. And so that weekend they had the open mic like on a Sunday. And that was the very first time I ever did stand up comedy. This was like 20 years ago. And how did you go about that first set? Did you uh, like my first set at the comedy store uh, up here? was I literally went to the Hustler store, bought a huge dildo. <laughs> I, I stuffed it in my pants so nobody could see it, and I got up on stage. I'm like, you know, everyone thinks I'm such a nice guy, but in reality, I'm a big dick. Uh-huh. And I pulled out the dildo. <laughs> what was your, uh, like, did you thought, did you thought, did you think, I want to do, uh, just talk about my life, I just want to, or did you have a game plan? No, I, well, basically what I said was I just sat there and I, wrote like four jokes and then on my very first joke i go on stage i was nervous as shit and there was only like they used to do back at loy comedy store they used to do the open mic and then they would have the regular show and then the rest of the open mic so you're doing the open mic at like i don't know midnight and there's literally you know there's just the comics that are waiting to go up so i remember my girlfriend at the time was there and there was like three or four comics in the back and my first joke was because it was so cold at the time we hit it was like for some reason it was like freezing in san diego and i the joke was something like man it was so cold at my house that i caught a rat fixing my heater that was my very first joke that i ever wrote and i, I heard a chuckle in the back right and then after that i just went blank i couldn't even remember anything after that so i just froze on stage and i was like okay you guys that's it for me and i just walked off so how long would you say you were up there i was probably up there Maybe like two minutes because I only said one joke and then I couldn't I seriously couldn't remember anything that else that I wanted to talk to. I just went blank, you know. Uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, I remember uh, one of the first times I did comedy at Starbucks on La Cienega. I, I forgot. I did the same thing happened to me. I forgot yeah. my act and I had my my girlfriend at the time whisper uh, the jokes. She was sitting right by the stage. And uh, so it's pretty embarrassing. But uh, <laughs> luckily that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, some nights I remember all my jokes and uh, I tell them. <laughs> it's a tough business. <laughs> so you just got the itch and you started mm. performing it. Would you say La Jolla in the beginning was your home club? Yeah, pretty much so. But then something something great happened. Uh, there was a guy down there. His name is Daryl Doc Carter. Got to give him a shout out. Uh, he actually saw me and he comes up to me after one of the shows and he's all, hey, man, I think you're funny. And then he goes... Well, if you think you're really funny, why don't you come do some of these shows that I got I put on, right? Because he was a, he's a promoter, comedian, but he took me to all the black clubs. Oh, you know, like and this is when BET and Def Jam was like huge. Sure. So it. yeah, so right off the bat, like I remember the first show I did with him, it was like fucking packed, and I was nervous. It was probably like the fourth or fifth time I've been on stage, and I did the first joke, and it kind of went off well, and then. I fucking bombed. And I remember I went in the back and Daryl was like, no, man, you got to keep on coming back. He's like, I'm telling you right now, man, you keep on doing these shows. They're going to make you stronger. You know what I'm saying? 
So after like a year of doing that, I was like fucking fearless, you know, because I was, shows. yeah, yeah, black shows. Because man, I, there were, I remember there was times, Daryl. I remember one time I bombed so bad. I got so nervous because there was actually like some fucking like gang member pimps, like, like sitting right in the front row and they started heckling me. And I knew that, you know, and Daryl told me, he was like, man, you should have said something about them. I said, Daryl, those guys look like they would have shot me in the back of this fucking club. If I said something back to those guys, you know? Right. So that was just a learning process. But that, I mean, doing those kind of shows, I mean, they were so rough that it just like, I don't, you know, like now, most of the times when I do like clubs and stuff, it's just like a fucking cakewalk now, you know? Oh, well, yeah. If you start off in black rooms, which oh, yeah. are uh, notoriously the hardest rooms to do, especially if you're white or, uh, you know, you're not black. Let's oh, yeah. just say that. Uh, you can pretty much play anywhere. Exactly. And then w- did you start working at the La Jolla Comedy Store? Yeah. What happened was um, I remember I don't remember the time frame because the re- okay the reason why I say I do stand up 20 years is because I had to do other stuff besides stand up you know just to make a living so there was times where I kind of like had to take a little break because I became like a radio DJ I started I was like a club promoter I uh I started working at strip clubs I was DJing at strip clubs you know what I'm saying so any of my off nights or whatever I was trying to do stand up so um uh so that's why it's kind of like when I sit there, and I tell people I've been doing it 20 years. I think if I really condense all the time that I actually put into it, it's probably like 13 or 14. You know what I'm saying? It's still a long time. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, so. And then you figured, well, I'll work at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Yeah. Just to because uh, you get but not free spots, but you get spots if you work there. Yeah. Yeah. You get you get great stage time down there in La Jolla because basically when I was there, it was we get to do the promoted shows on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and those were all 10-minute spots. And there's not that many door guys there. Yeah, there's uh, only like... Maybe 10? Not even that. I think at the time I was working, I think there was like seven of us. Cause and we, when was... What time frame is this? Oh, Jesus, man. That's... Early 2000s, early... Uh, probably, mid- I think from... Jesus, let's see. All, from 19... 19- 93 to like 2000 or something like that and then on and off because it was i think there was like two different times i did work at the comedy store it's like i worked there one time for like two years and then i took a break and then i ended up working there another three four years you know what i'm saying and then so it was just like back and forth but i'm pretty much rooted deep rooted down in the san diego comedy scene and then what makes you want to make the jump into the big leagues of la comedy well, I see this was the thing. I tried to move up here a long time ago, but when it came right down to it, it was just like I had to make the decision like, okay, am I going to be homeless and be up here in LA or am I going to go back down to San Diego and at least make a living? Because I had a, when I first came up here a long time ago, I had a hard time finding a job because I really didn't know anybody. So every day I was applying at like three, four places and nobody was hiring me for shit. I'm talking about like little like fast food places, you know, what didn't give me a job. So I had to go back down to San Diego and then, you know, I've been up here, I think about four and a half years now, and I pretty much had a better game plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to work, save up as much money as I can. I'm going to make sure I have a place to stay. When I first uh, moved up here, I was living with uh, Jimmy Oyang from uh, Silicon Valley. That was my old best. Yeah, that's my old roommate. And uh, Terrell Wright, uh, he plays, he was uh, T-Money on Storage Hunters. So 
I was living with those two guys because we were friends from doing stand-up down in San Diego. So I felt more comfortable. Okay, I'm going to go live with these guys. I got rent money. And then when we first came up here, we started running a comedy show at Hooters. So uh, Sean, uh, Sean Kelly already had the room, and I helped them run that room from like Wednesdays through Sundays. And that would do. It was it was going on pretty good for about a year and a half, but then the the management just decided to cut off the show, so we stopped doing that show. But in the meantime, I was still going over to the comedy store and hanging out. You know what I'm saying? And doing open mic over there, and you know, just hanging out with because most of the door guys from La Jolla are at the Hollywood Comedy Store now. Right, like Stephen Garza, Stephen Renee, uh, uh, Stephen Fury. Yeah, Stephen Fury. Um, Isaac Allen's there now, you know, and uh, Brian Moses was a door guy down in La Jolla. Um, you know, just a bunch of the dudes just like transferred over. So I already felt comfortable being there. Hey, cause I was, I worked, I worked with those guys already. So then, um, I was working for, uh, Russell Simmons over at his ADD show. And What's I, ADD show? Uh, that's inside the, uh, TCL theater inside Hollywood and Highland mall. That was where inside jokes. Used yeah. To yeah. Be. Yeah. Well, it was well, still inside jokes. But oh, they, yeah. Mm. They still, you know, they call it ADD inside jokes, whatever. Oh, okay. I've never performed there. Yeah. That's the, that's the urban room. So, you know, they pretty much put up all the, all the up and coming black comics and they always have like the big, the big names that will stop by anybody, you know, it's almost like the comedy store, but just like the black comics, you know, like, cause Kevin Hart's already been there, you know, Dave Chappelle came there, whatever. Right. Just right. all the really big, you know, urban comics. do. Yo, the, yo, do yo. Yeah. But it was crazy because the whole time I was working there within like two years, I probably met every famous fucking person in the world there. Like it was insane. Like, like we get famous people at the comedy store, but we were getting like, holy shit. Like, cause I was doing, I was doing the sound and I was doing security, like the VIP security there. So every week I was meeting somebody like stupid famous. Like, you know, like I met Justin Bieber there. I met Drake, Mayweather, the Kardashian girls. Like everybody was coming up to that show. And uh, because they only have it now on Wednesdays. They used to do Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. But now since it's like one event once a week, when when usually the celebrities come into town, like especially all the athletes, you know, we had like guys on the Lakers, the Clipper guys come up in there. Um, Any hockey guys? You know what? That's the thing. Probably I, not. Even if they were there, I'm not. I'm not too knowledgeable to know like the hockey who the hockey guys are. You know, because I've watched hockey, but I'm beyond. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna sit here and tell everybody like I'm a big fan. Like I would know. Like I could know. Like maybe some of the top three guys, but I just don't like watch it. You know, like the nothing too. like I watch I like I love the NBA and I'm so busy. I probably watch like two games. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like I wait. I'm the type of dude that I have to wait until I get home and I watch Sports Center, and then I get I get to absorb all the shit that happened during the day. You know, that's why Sports Center is so fucking good. It's the best. Yeah, it's the best shit ever. So, I mean, they don't really have hockey highlights on, but yeah, <laughs> they, they can have the fucking hot dog eating contest on. Oh yeah. I think, you know, you know what the biggest problem with hockey is that when I was down in San Diego, they had the goals, you know, that like, yes. yeah. And the the thing about that, like I went to like three games and hockey is one of those things. It's like golf. It's like, don't knock the sport until you've tried it or you've experienced it. Because I remember the first time I went to a game and we we're sitting right there by the glass and the guys were like fucking slamming each. I was like, holy shit. I said, this shit is fucking insane. And, you know, the electricity in the fucking arena 
And I was like, damn, dude, I was kind of like mad that I was like, I can't believe that I never gave the shit a chance. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because, you know, the thing about it, I grew up in the hood. So everybody's football, basketball, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's what every, you know, when you grew up in the in the hood, that's all everybody fucking talks about. So that's the thing. It's like people, I think people just don't give hockey a chance. You know? What's well, a white sport for the most part? And it's an expensive sport. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, the sticks are $200, the skates are $300. Wow. You know, even the elbow pads are a hundred bucks. But uh, I, I remember one gig I did in San Diego at Moon Doggies. Mm-hmm. I was bombing uh-huh. for an hour. <laughs> uh, but there was one table laughing at all my hockey jokes. And I was like, mm-hmm. why is this table laughing and nobody else in this room is? And it was the San Diego Gulls. <laughs> yeah. They, they were all there. Yeah. So they, they were just loving all your yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm just doing the, just with the worst hockey jokes having there. I could have had my Netflix special. Uh, <laughs> it was just that one table. Um, so now let's get into a little bit about, well, first of all, who are your comedy influences? Um, first of all, Eddie Murphy. Because um, he's the first guy you really yeah. like the special, the yeah Saturday Night Live, all that shit, man. I was like, just that was like, that was my, that's my idol. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy because I met Eddie Murphy at the comedy store. Was he nice to you, dude? He was nice as fuck. And this was the thing about it, I like froze up, man. I couldn't believe it. You know what it's I'm Eddie saying? Eddie Murphy, dude. Yeah, dude. It's like, first of all, he was sitting down, and I was there with uh, Terrell T Money. And he was like, hey, man, I think that's Eddie Murphy. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And you're dude, working there. No, no, no. I was just there hanging out oh, watching okay. the show. Dude, this is like this is like the fourth time that when I came up from, from San Diego that I've been in L.A. Like the first, my Hollywood experience was fucking insane. The first night I was in Hollywood, we went to some bar down the street. And fucking like two of the Lakers were there and fucking three, six mafia was there. And I was like, wow, what a way to fucking be up in Hollywood, like the very first night. So, but when I met Eddie Murphy, he walked by and I was all like, Hey, Mr. Murphy. Like I was just so excited to see him. He's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, like that. Right. And I was all like, Oh my God, I just fucking met Eddie Murphy. You know, the guy I've been idolizing since I was fucking like in sixth grade. So I mean, that was like fucking huge. And uh, I basically, my my comedy influences right now, uh, just stand up wise, I'm I'm a really big Brian Regan fan. Like there is something about that guy that I just, I like stupid shit. Like if you can come up with a bit that's fucking like just so fucking ridiculous and dumb, that's the shit that I like, you know, because to me, I've been watching stand up comedy so long. Most, you know, 80% of the shit is hack. So, but if you come up with an original bit or something that I haven't heard somebody talk about, you totally got my respect, you know? So I really like Brian Regan. I like JB Smooth because he's just fucking stupid. Like, you know, just the dumb shit that he comes up with. He fucking makes me laugh. And of course, just the regular guys like the, you know, everybody else, you know, the same dudes, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, Louis CK, Bill Burr, just the guys that are like just killing it right now. You know, what's a good, uh group of guys to be influenced by. oh yeah uh now what got you into roast battle well the thing about the roast battle was it was going on and i didn't really even know about it and what happened was uh i started coming up to the comedy store you know and i know you know i've i've been friends with brian moses for a long time because you know we worked at la Jolla comedy store together and brian comes up to me is all like 
Hey, Guam, can you, uh, dude, I need some help with security up in the room. It's getting crazy up in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need yeah, roast battle. Yeah, roast battle. You know, yeah. Like, uh, you know, in the early days, I've talked a lot about this. It wasn't the most crowded in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much seat yourself yeah. wherever you wanted to sit. It was fine. There was no VIP section. Yeah. Uh, the house racist, house heckler would literally sit behind the judges. Uh, but now it's like, it's hard to explain the early days to people who weren't there because they just assume it was always standing room only with a, a, a security guard. Yeah. Uh, so Moses, when the show was gaining popularity, says, can you help me out? Yeah, pretty much so. So I just basically started, as you know, I like worked the rope in the VIP section. I bet you did. Yeah. So it's like another thing, too, I want to say this because I know a lot of comedians are like listening to your podcast. Um, Like comics come up there and I know who they are. And you know what I'm saying? They're whoever, whatever. They've been on this and that and this and that. But I can't let them in there because sometimes they got to understand that the roast battle is getting so big now that, dude, we got like really big time people that that need to be in there. You know, we got like industry people that come up in there and these guys are like, you know, they're like bigwigs. Agents, so, managers, yeah, agents, managers, producers. Yeah. Guys that are basically guys that run shit. So well, like the guy I had last week. uh, uh in there he's one of the biggest casting directors in town yeah exactly was, uh, no one knew because i didn't want to tell anyone he was yeah scouting people for uh -huh. a new uh, project and uh he ended up calling in like two or three people yeah so, you know that seat is better reserved for him yeah exactly versus uh you know uh slappy white exactly exactly and that's the thing dude because you know i want like i said the comedians that are listen listen i'm not trying to be a dick and just like, like I have some ego, like, oh, Guam's being an asshole. He won't let me sit in the VIP. I'm like, no, dude, I got a list of all these people that have to be in here. Plus, when, you know, Brian comes up to me, he tells me like, hey, the celebrities might show up. I got to keep those seats open just in case those people do show up because they have showed up. I mean, I didn't even know. Like, do you remember the one night when all the people from the Saturday Night Live showed yeah, up? You got to take it. Yeah, aside. I was all like, you know, like Brian told me, he said, listen, man, you better keep some fucking seats open because I got like practically the whole cast from Saturday Night Live coming up here. And I'm like, OK, but then guess what? That night. Guys are coming up to me. Hey, Guam, can I get in? I'm like, dude, I can't. You know what I'm saying? And I feel bad because I want those guys to fucking sit in there and enjoy themselves. But, you know, it's just part of, you know, it's part of anything. It's like anything. It's like there's no difference when I used to work like at a nightclub. Same shit. You know, you got all these people that want to get into the club and then I got to be a dick and kind of like pick and choose who needs to be up in here, you know? And the guys, you know, the people that are important, they know who they are. You know, they walk right up to the front, whatever, and they're going to fucking get in. Well, that so. was the night Leslie Jones got mad at me. And it's still oh, really? mad at me, by the way. Really? Well, yeah, she uh, might have uh, come at me. And, uh, <laughs> I came at her. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. David Taylor chimed in with uh, his uh, brand of humor. Uh -huh. uh, and Leslie was not a fan. <laughs> and then, like, you know, just like a couple weeks ago, we had a little incident in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And I was like, why are you so mad at me? And and she's like, you know, you called me uh, Ernie Hudson. I'm like, uh, actually, that was Dave Taylor. Leslie. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, I called you Buckwheat. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, yeah. 
I love Leslie, and I'm uh, you know we're not like great friends, but mm -hmm. like you know I'm happy for her success. But it's like you know you go up into that uh, arena, mm -hmm. uh, you're fair game. Oh yeah, everyone's fair game. Jeff you know. Ross is fair game. Yeah, I'm fair game. Everybody, you're fair game. Yeah, everybody is. How many people make fun of your hairstyle up there all the time? You, not when you're <laughs> roasting, but like yeah. when you're you know just sitting there doing your mm -hmm. job. Hey, yeah. look at that guy with the what's the guy's name again um, from Kickboxer. Tong Po. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at that guy. And, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, the, how many times is, uh, I don't know, Courtney uh, Banks or whoever, you're a whore. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, exactly. Don't go up there if you're yeah. sensitive. It's you don't, can, can I bring, since you brought this, since you brought her name up, I got to just share this little story with you. Please do. Okay. Um, I actually, and I bring this, and I talked to Leslie Jones about this uh, in the back of the comedy store. And uh, oh, maybe like when I first started doing stand up, and I think I was like a year into it, um, I actually opened up for Leslie Jones. She was headlining a show down there in San Diego. And dude, I was sitting in the back and I was like, this fucking girl is crushing right now. Like, holy shit, dude. She fucking tore the room down, right? And I was such an on that. And I remember she was walking out and I was like, Leslie, you killed that shit. Like, oh my God. Like I was just so, I've never, be honest, I've never seen a girl kill like that before at the time. So, and the thing about it is that then she looks at me and she's like, hey, you really stupid, but you funny. And that was really encouraging for me because I just started, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, I was like, this girl that just murdered the fucking room actually thought I was fucking funny. And I never forgot that. And it was so funny because I always told myself that, you know, if I run into her, that I wanted to thank her for that just for being nice. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, I've been I've been really uh, dealing with this thing in my mind that I don't understand how in the past, like four years, I've met every big stand-up comedian in the whole fucking entire world. Seriously. From either being at the store, doing a show, or working at Russell's show. Every big stand-up comedian in the world right now I've met. And the thing that's crazy is they've all been nice to me. All, every single one of them. I mean, I'm talking Kevin Hart, whoever, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, all those guys. They've all been fucking nice to me. And that's what kills me because then I see some other comedians that I run into and I'm just, and they're like acting like an asshole right. or, you know, or a girl, she's acting like a stuck up bitch. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this makes no fucking sense. You know, in other words, it's like, you didn't even earn the right to act like that. You know, like if fucking one of those big comics were like acting like a dick to me, I'd be like, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're fucking up there. You know, like I was like, like when I met Kevin Hart, I was so surprised how nice he was. He really is. Yeah, he's super nice. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this if anybody could be an asshole, it could be him. Like he's just like, hey, I'm so busy. I don't got time to talk to you or whatever. So that's the thing that's been bothering me because I'm like, and then I start questioning people about like, why did you get into doing stand-up comedy? You know, because my personal opinion is you do stand-up comedy because you love to make people laugh and you love people. So that doesn't make no sense to me. If you're going to be a comedian and you should be spreading all this happiness and laughter and then then you get off stage and you want to be a dick to everybody. Do you understand what I'm right. saying? It doesn't Absolutely. make no. Yeah, it doesn't make no fucking sense. It's almost like it's like, OK, you volunteer at the hospital and you're trying to help people get well and better. 
But then as soon as you leave the hospital, you fucking you're being mean to the girl on the fucking corner for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So that's just a little thing that I want to fucking address to like all the comics. You know what I'm saying? Because we're all in my personal opinion, we're all doing a very special thing. You know, like people don't even understand. Like when I always compare stand up comedy to people that are into music, because, dude, there's so many like here in Hollywood. Dude, there's probably a million people that are trying to make it in the music business. And you guys seen around, there's maybe what I think, what, 300 comedians here in L.A.? Oh, way more than that. Yeah, but I'm just talking Yeah, no, I'm talking about the good ones, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's that many good ones. Yeah, me too. But I'm just throwing a number out there. But it's just people don't even understand just the fact that you got the balls to get on stage and go through the shit that you got to go through just to be a stand-up comedian. It's a hard, special thing, you know? I would agree with that. Yeah. So what got you into doing roast battle? Like, you are, uh, what 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 ranking are you now? You know what? I don't even know. I think the last time I saw it, I think I was like 27th or something. And you are 6-1? and one. Yeah, I'm 6-1. and one. And uh, so did you start watching the show and go, oh, I kind of want to do this? Yeah, I like I I probably watched it about five times, and then I was all like, you know what? I want to battle somebody. Let me see if I could. I first I just want to see if I could do it. Right. Right. So yeah. So I think, damn, who did I first battle? It was either I think it was Rashid the uh, Rashid Wallace. No, no, no. I keep on forgetting what Rashid's last name is, but Rashid's like, everybody says he kind of looks like Denzel. He's like a tall, you know, he's in good shape. You know, he's the next like college football football player. Okay. So, um, because I think we were just talking about it and he was all like, well, fuck it. Let's just battle. And I think that was my first battle. Did you ever battle Big Mike? Yeah. Big Mike was actually my second battle. I remember the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it was, I don't think Big Mike even came prepared even to do some. He kind of threw me off because I said a joke and then he just started like talking. And I'm like, Big Mike, what are you doing, dude? Roast me. You know what I'm saying? Give me give me something so I can retaliate or do my next joke over, you know, and it kind of like threw me the fuck off. What do you mean? He was just talking. Like you said, Big Mike, you are blah, blah, blah. And yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, uh, Guam, you know, I've known you a long time and this and that. I got much love for you. <laughs> and this and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're supposed to be roasting the shit out of me right now. Well, I think Big Mike, I kind of remember the battle. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he prepared. Yeah. Which is a big mistake for roast battle. Yeah. Uh, there's only one roaster who can kind of do an on-the-spot uh, improv roast, and that's the great George Perez. Oh, speaking, I'm so glad you brought that up. Big announcement, guys. My next roast battle is going to be against George Perez. And when is that? It's supposed to be uh, sometime in November because the roast battles are so backed up. They're all booked up now. So we're going to have to wait like almost two months to do this battle. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, But that shows you how popular the show is. Yeah. It's, uh, a, you know, you... If you ask for a battle now, you you probably will get the first week of December. I <laughs> know exactly, and exactly. So, uh, the the battles are uh, just it's moving to another level. They're getting hey, they're getting better too. Like the the you I think, have to yeah. The undercard people are taking it more seriously, and they're fucking going for blood. I'm, I've been enjoying them a lot too. Like like some of some of the comics have been surprising me. Like I've seen them battle. I'm like wow, this fucking person break it this time. You know. 
Well, I mean, it's the worst room in the world to bomb in. Oh, yeah. Oh, my it's God. Just, it's a pure death if you bomb in that room. Yeah. Um, don't, don't fucking stutter or fucking <laughs> joke up on your first joke because yeah. they're, they're, they just go for blood. It's just, it, you're done. The crowd is, yeah. Although they want, uh, a good battle. I think the macabre, the macabre sense also wants someone to bomb yeah. or uh, see someone to stutter on one of their words so mm -hmm. the, the natives can unleash and, <laughs> and then uh, I can unleash and oh, yeah. Wave can do their thing and get crazy. And mm -hmm. then the, depending on the judges, they can get wild. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, now you were uh, heavily featured in the promotion of a uh, road to roast battle. Uh -huh. uh, was that fun for you to see yourself on TV for the first? Was that the hey, first time? You, you people, people don't even understand how huge that was for me because, um, you know, let me think, let me think, Brian Moses and Jeff Ross and everybody involved with the show. Like I had no idea I was going to even be in the commercial. Like literally, Brian hit me up and he's like, "Hey, man." I'm sending you an email. Make sure that you come down, you know, because we're doing promos. And I said, all right. So, you know, just look, there was a bunch of us down there. Just thought we were just being extras, whatever. But then when I got featured on it, I mean, it was it was so huge because my life has always been. Uh, I've always been this thing about I'm going to set a goal and I'm not going to give a fuck what I got to do. I'm going to try to get, make that shit happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've been like that my whole life. Like. Even when I was younger, I was like, you know what? I want to be a radio DJ. So I fucking went to the radio station. I fucking busted my ass for three months, fucking interning, not getting paid shit, fucking eating peanut butter and jelly. But when I got my fucking chance to actually get on the air, they were like, hey, this guy has a fucking personality. He's pretty funny. Right. So then, you know, next, you know, I was a radio DJ and the show that I did at night, it was like the second most popular show in like in San Diego. So everything, so everything was a goal. So even when, you know, a uh, long time ago, I was all like, dude, one day, I don't care what the fuck I got to do. I got to try to get on comedy central. Now I know it's just a promo and it's a commercial. Hey man, it's on comedy yeah. central. Another thing too, that I tell everybody. And I, I, I was just talking to a uh, comedian Haiti about this. The great Haiti, the great part of the Haiti. Negro wave. Shout out to fucking Haiti and the the Negro wave. One of the Negro hardest wave. working dudes. Yeah, so. he is, dude. That guy grind. He literally, it, uh, I he just grinds. Love, yeah, he grinds, and I love talking to that guy all the time. But it was so funny because he always he he always tells me he's like Guam, you rare as fuck. He goes, you rare as fuck, and I didn't think about it. Be so I did like I did some research. And I just realized that the fact that I'm from Guam, I'm from this small little island in the middle of nowhere, that I'm only one of like 80,000 men on the earth that's from Guam. You know what I'm saying? Like my nationality, my heritage, there's only 80,000 men of, of who I am. I think you're only like one of two with that hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fact that I got on Comedy Central, it was like fucking, it was huge for me. And it was kind of like, like, you know, I want to be inspiring to all the kids that are from Guam, you know, like perfect example. We had a girl that just ran in the Olympics and dude, she almost made the final heat in like the hundred meters. And I was all like, that's fucking huge. You got this girl that came from the small ass little island and she was she was competitive enough to almost 
compete with some of the fastest people in the world. She fucking made the Olympics. She qualified for the Olympics, you know, and right. it's just when it comes right down to it, you know, it's just fuck put put in the hard work. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. Put in the work, man. I get there's a guy I listen to on, uh, you know, on different, you know, social medias. His name's Gary V. And he said something the most he said something that hit me so hard. He just said he just said this. He said, you know what? Shut the fuck up and just grind, you know, shut the fuck up and just grind. Keep your mouth shut. Fucking bust your ass and th- and things will happen, you know, because look, look at all the comics that have came to Hollywood and wanted to work at the comedy store or just wanted to perform on the stage. You know what I'm saying? And get the stage time. But I put in the work. I fucking was down in La Jolla. I fucking worked in La Jolla. I fucking came up here, you know, busting my ass here in Hollywood. And now look at me. Now I get a fucking, I get to, dude, this is like a dream come true to me. I actually get to perform at the Hollywood Comedy Store now, you know? I'm fucking, and nothing too, what's crazy is, I tell people, because like when I'm on, when, when I do like road gigs, like when I go to other places and they introduce you saying like, hey, this guy performs at the Hollywood Comedy Store, dude, all the other comics fucking walk into the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they want to see what the fuck you're about, because because the, they're all dreaming of that shit, you know? Didn't matter where I was, Texas, South Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Baltimore, whatever. They got, oh, this guy's from the Hollywood Comedy Store. Let me see what the fuck this guy's about. And that's the pressure that I put on myself because I try to bring it. You know what I'm saying? Like I did a show in Virginia. Same shit happened. They introduced me and I saw all the com. You know, they're all smoking outside, vaping. As soon as they said that, I saw them all walk in the back and stand in the back. So that pressure was on for me. Hey, I got to fucking kill this shit. Because my fucking, it's almost like a badge of honor now. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to fucking rep the Hollywood comedy store, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to fucking kill this room. So those guys know that, hey, if you think you're going to, you know, take that fucking flight out here to Hollywood and, and hang out with the big boys, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm fucking one of the guys. I'm in the fucking grind out here with these people. So you better fucking bring it. You better fucking be ready to show your shit. And now you can be uh, attached to Roast Battle as a performer. Oh, yeah. Uh, six and one, one of the better records. Uh, and what's your favorite battle you've been a part of? Uh, favorite battle. That's you know what, probably the one against uh, Cena. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the one with Big Mike. No, <laughs> Cena was. I was be honest with you, man. I think that battle could have went any way. Cena was fuck. You know what's so crazy? Every time I talk to Cena, I'm like, dude, do a battle as a Saudi prince. I think he dude, did against uh, uh, Skippy Green. Yeah. <laughs> dude. Great. Flip Schultz. Yeah. Dude, but man, when he does the Saudi Prince, he's fucking so goddamn funny, dude. Like, I'm like, holy shit. And I told him, I said, dude, you know what? I think if you battled me as a Saudi Prince, I think you would have destroyed me. Seriously. I think he would have just fucking just killed me. Well, I think the, uh, uh, the dilemma for Cena is, does he roast as himself who's mm-hmm. a very very funny dude yeah, great yeah. joke writer or does he roast as a prince yeah uh which is hard to roast against because you're not really roasting a person I and mean, you're roasting a character yeah so which is why i think people sometimes have a hard time roasting me because mm. it's 
You're not really roasting me up there. <laughs> Dude, by, by the way, roasting Earl, the fuck you for fucking destroying before my last battle with fucking Alex. Let's like, get into that. Yeah, dude, let me tell you something, dude. When you were on stage and you said, uh, I forget, tell me exactly what you said when you said. Let's I, set up the scene. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, set up the scene. Let's let set up see. the scene. Uh, me and Joe Dosh. Yeah. We're doing a, um, I guess what you'd call an exhibition match, uh-huh. uh, undercard. Uh, I think that uh, we wanted to battle each other, but you know, like we just talked about, the wait is like months in advance mm -hmm. for a main event. Yeah. So I believe Moses said, well, "Why don't you guys just do a special, uh, you know, one round undercard, and uh -huh. uh, you'll do it before the main event of you and Alex Duong." Uh -huh. A legendary uh, roast battler himself. Uh -huh. So uh, I think uh, Joe had a uh, pretty normal entrance for him. Uh, <laughs> not not too uh, wacky, but uh -huh. a good one. Yeah. And then I came out uh, as basically doing a Triple H impression. <laughs> uh, and I think that for for the first time in roast battle history, I might have been the only battler to. Uh, enter from the back door, uh, make my way to the VIP area, uh, climb over, I think, uh, Josh Adam Myers and Big J Okerson, uh, <laughs> spilling beer over, uh, I think, three judges, uh, whacking uh, water on Comedy Central executives. <laughs> it's really a miracle I got on that show. Uh, and then me and Joe had a great battle. Oh, yeah. And I think after the first joke where we both realized, you know, wow, this is going to be something special mm. between me and Joe, I think I said, uh, I think I hear Alex and Guam shitting in their pants in the back. <laughs> <laughs> dude, me and Alex. But you guys did. It's, I'll say this, dude. Mm. And I know that uh, you guys did as good as you could have. Oh, dude. From the standpoint of... Uh, you know, halfway through the battle with me and Joe, we basically stopped roasting each other and mm. uh, turned our affections to Joe DeRosa. <laughs> Dude, the, the thing about that situation was that I was sitting in the back and I was watching all this fucking thunder happening in the room. But where, like, because we've never heard your side of the story. Like, mm. I know what was going yeah. on. So are you and Alex are now, if, for those of you who hear about roast battle every week but you don't really know the layout of the room there's uh the upper level which is the vip area and then you've got probably standing room only area for maybe 40 comics and then you've got the green room which is incredibly hard to get to yeah uh, with all those bodies in there you've got the bathroom which is maybe the worst laid out bathroom outside <laughs> of a air canada bathroom uh so where were you and alex in the green room hallway no no we were i was trying to watch so i was standing at the top of the steps right next to like the vip before you get up to the VIP and the bathroom area so we were right. standing there and i was watching the shit and i was literally it was so crazy because my instinct told me to go up even before the battle started my instinct told me to tell brian hey brian i think me and alex should go up before earl like i'm dead serious i'm not saying that just because i'm here i was thinking that like because i was like dude earl's gonna fuck this show up like he's gonna fucking kill it so hard i know we're not gonna because i was basically thinking like if this was a dunk contest like you were gonna fucking like do a 360 dunk from like the free throw line with somebody on top of your back and there's no way in hell we were gonna fucking follow that shit you know? well i had to because it's yeah. so uh Joe Dosh is an animal. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's fucking a top beast. Five uh, roaster. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, so, you know, when you're up there against someone as good as Joe Dosh or uh, many of the others have, you know, you can't, you know, it's no time to like do knock knock jokes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, uh, you know, it's very, uh, my battle with him was very strategical and, uh, you know, as I find most roast battles, uh, the good ones are, you know, you yeah. Have to, I was uh I was uh what I started to interrupt you but no so I'm I'm done. I knew me and Alex were in trouble because when they introduced me nobody was clapping <laughs> like everybody every you just took so dude that was the very first time that I got introduced and like nobody laughed nobody clapped or nothing I was like are you fucking serious I knew it was gonna be bad because I you did your trademark yeah uh, one of my intros <laughs> you are known for uh, your uh, elaborate intros yeah and uh, you know uh, I, I don't I mean in hindsight I guess we should have gone last but I don't think you could have an I don't think you could have an undercard be the I think you have to have a main event goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it all worked out. You guys, uh, you know, uh, d like I said, did as good as you could. Yeah. Given the uh, theatrics and the mm -hmm. shenanigans that were happening before you. Uh, and uh, who won that battle? Alex fucking whipped my ass. Like, he he basically took the first two rounds and was done and over with. You know, I knew I was in trouble because I went up first and I said my first joke and nothing. Which was what? Do you remember? Shit, what was my first joke? Gosh dang it. You know, I can't even remember right now. And it didn't it hit like you had anticipated. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, fuck. And then Alex said a joke, and it actually got a decent laugh. And then I did my second joke, nothing. Yeah, I can't even remember. I'll, I'll fucking, I got to remember what the hell my first joke was, but... You know, so your first two jokes fall, you know, maybe not short of expectations. Yeah, and then I got like a little laugh, like on my third joke, and then nothing. And then Alex won, and then Alex, I think, went up first, and then his fucking his thirty seconds just fucking just killed mine. You know what I'm saying? Like he was on it. It was like boom, 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 and then when I did mine, only like one of them hit, and I was like, oh shit, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was it was the, it was another thing too. It was like an energy thing too because you could just tell. Like your battle was so good, you just took all the energy out of the room. Like people were tired, dude. Like they were just like it was like it was almost like what you said. It was almost like watching fucking WrestleMania and you just saw this incredible, you know, fucking the the Undertaker just took mankind and threw him off the cage and shit. And then they're just like, Okay, our main event. You right. know? It's, so uh, like you can't top that shit. Porn swaggle <laughs> yeah, against uh, Mark Henry. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. But um, I mean that's the danger with Rose Battle. Oh yeah, now, that's battles, why you do it. That's why you do it. But the battles are so good now. Yeah. Uh that you are at risk at all times now mm -hmm. of being upstaged. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Battle before you. Uh yeah. that was, you know, kind of what it was like in Montreal. Like Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you had sixteen elite uh roasters. Uh so every night you were like, Well, I gotta Mm -hmm. Do what I got to do because the battle before me is going to be good and the battle after me is going to be good. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and that's the same way in the belly room. Uh, like last week, you had a uh, undercard against uh, Courtney Banks. Mm -hmm. And how was that? Like uh, you won. Yeah. Got redemption. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's always usually a little hard to battle a girl. Mm hmm. 
because you, especially with Eliza judging, who's, uh, I, I wouldn't say she's pro-female, but I, I would say she uh, um, tends to side with females. Yeah, well, that that's, that's, that's typical, you know, because... A lot of the female comics, they want the other girls to kill it. You know what I'm right. saying? Because they're all they're all in the same boat. You know, there's a, it's almost like it's, it's it's almost like me. Like if I was judging and, you know, some other Guam comedian goes up there. Of course, I'm going to fucking fight. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to want that guy to win. So, you know, I'm going to be a little more, you know, favoritism towards him. You know, that's that's just the way it is. But I think it's hard. Like you're a straight dude and Courtney's. uh Known for her love of men. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing you know, wrong with that at all. There's uh, very much appreciated. That's what I don't like about the uh, world of LA stand up, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's stand up in general. That you know, if a girl's a bit uh, frisky, she, oh, she's mm. a whore. Yeah. But if a guy is a bit frisky, oh, he's cool. Yeah. We're all one and the same. Uh, but in the in the vein of roasting this person, you have to be careful with the well. This, and I'm not talking about Courtney necessarily, uh-huh. but well, so and so is a whore. Mm-hmm. Uh, then any female judge is going to be like, "Fuck you, buddy." Yeah, I mean another thing too. Like I battled, I battled Becky, Becky Robinson. Yeah, and, and who won uh, that battle? I did, and but it was close. Yeah, what? yeah, it was close. It was close. And the, I think the thing about it was, I think be honest with you, I think Becky probably could have beat me. But she was, she just took, took too long. You know what I'm saying? She took too long just doing her joke. Right. I think if she just went went up there, bam, 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 I think she could have fucking beat me, you know? So that's the thing. You got to know what you're doing in roast battle. It's almost like, like I said, like I, you know, give a shout out to uh, Gordon Downs. But when me and Gordon Downs were talking about it, we're like, hey, man, this is like the fucking dunk contest. Like, you can't fucking around too much. Go up there and fucking do your dunk and do something crazy and get these people on your side, you know? Don't sit there and fucking dribble for fucking five minutes. They don't want to see that shit. They want to see you fucking jump over a car, do something crazy, and then you're going to fucking get that, you know, that reaction and and get the crowd on your side. Yeah, I mean, you have to be, uh, especially in an undercard. uh, Yeah. You have to be uh, aggressive right right out of the shoot because there's no time to... When the crowd back, you know, mm-hmm. if you uh, if you fumble the ball, uh, it's it's not impossible to uh, recover, but it's it's tough, you know. Like uh, with Steven is easy, yeah. Uh, on uh, just for you know the Montreal roast battle, mm-hmm. uh, he flubbed his first joke, and he had some good ones after that. But yeah, it's too late. It's like it's almost like uh, shit, man. That the that's the thing. It's crazy how the energy gets that you see a comic that you've seen a hundred times do stand up and just be totally relaxed and you know what I'm saying? Doing their stand up, but all of a sudden they try to do roast battle and they get a little nervous. You know what I'm saying? They get a little nervous. They start doubting themselves. And like you said, dude, that crowd in there, don't let them smell blood because if they do fuck, they're going to go, they're going to get on you. you Oh yeah. Even when I throw out a line that doesn't work, it bombs. Oh yeah. They jump on me. Exactly. Uh, and uh, it's it's blood sport up there, dude. The fu- the funniest thing that I, I I keep on bringing this up, but I think the funniest thing that ever happened, in my opinion, at roast battle, was when Dan Nolan was battling and he said a joke and it did it and it did and it bombed and he went, 
oh fuck just the look on his face (laughs) that shit was so fucking classic and it just it just tells you because look dan's a fucking murderer oh yeah dan's a dude i don't i I told i told dan i don't even want to battle you dude because i know the fucking hard work i'm gonna have to fucking put into that shit just so you don't fucking annihilate me in front of everybody you can save yourself yeah like i remember that and it it almost saved the joke that bombed uh Kind of like, uh, you know, in Montreal, when I had a joke that bombed against Jimmy Carr, I said, mm. fuck. Yeah. And it got a huge <laughs> laugh. And it almost <laughs> took away, I mean, not completely, but mm-hmm. uh, the the fact that the joke was so bad. Hey, man, uh, you know what, dude? I got to give you credit for beating Jimmy Carr, man, because that was like one of the dudes when I saw the lineup, I was all like, they got all, I said, don't underestimate that motherfucker. That motherfucker might come up with some shit. He's a champ. Yeah, dude. You know, and, just, uh, and there's a reason why, you know. But it gets, uh, you know, that uh, was a very controversial decision. But mm-hmm. it's also is germane to roast battle in L.A. of, uh, you know, there's no really rules to roast battle. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you can bring notes on stage. You can yeah. read off your phone. Uh, you know, I think Guy Branham won, I think, at Riot LA, or maybe it was a show in the Ballet Room, brought three by five cards. Oh, yeah. And we just randomly pick one. <laughs> throw it. Which is one of my... You would just pick and then say yeah. the joke and throw it away. Uh, I think I was lucky that, uh, you know, the judges, in my case, Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen, valued me, even though I had a, a two jokes that didn't work, mm-hmm. they valued my presentation, memorizing them. And, yeah. uh, you know, and Jimmy's a legend. I mean, uh, I, I don't think he cares that he lost roast battle. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, he just he, he happened to run into two judges who didn't like the clipboard. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, I get a lot of shit from people uh i had a guy the other night at the patio kind of aggressively uh said you know jimmy beat your ass i'm like well um judges didn't seem to think that. It's like, yeah but you know he had better jokes but mm. uh you know even on the comedy central website even at our la roast battles uh-huh. jokes aren't the only indicator oh yeah of, of yeah the, uh of what is goes into the deciding factor of who wins the roast battle you know uh, you can have uh you might have if you and i battle you might mm. have better jokes than me mm. but i might have had a better presentation and uh you know a better comeback you know whatever. what i'm saying yeah a rebuttal that just fucked me up so you know what i'm saying right there you just turn the you know you you turn the roast battle around and i think on yeah. the comedy center website it said that ju- the uh battles will be judged on jokes uh, presentation and audience reaction. Yeah. So uh, it's not just about the jokes. I mean, mm. yes, it is a joke writing, uh, not, I guess, contest, you'd mm. call it, but uh, it's also a performance contest. Yeah. You know, and if you read, uh, you know, off of your phone, notes, whatever, you, most judges will dock um, uh, points from that yeah there, there's been a couple of times where jeff ross said something during the, the notes, yeah 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 he was just like dude put your put your fucking phone away do we want to see you know what i'm saying bring this shit you guys should be prepared you know to do this yeah you know? i mean it's yeah. and it's not that jimmy's uh i mean jimmy carr is probably the best roaster going uh, mm-hmm. it's we all know he can memorize four jokes <laughs> yeah that's not the issue <laughs> i know but it is um yeah. you know uh it is easier. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know what the, the crazy thing about it is this, 
How did we know that he actually even had anything written on the clipboard? Oh, he did. Yeah, you know, did he? Okay, but you know, you know, you know how some you see some comics like, for instance, I've seen. Uh, you've seen Dion Cole, right? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, there's times when Dion Cole will bring a fucking like a pad up there and make it seem like he's reading jokes off the paper, but there's nothing on that fucking paper. He's just using that as part of like. I just wrote this shit right now, so I need help memorizing. But he didn't. There's fucking nothing on the paper. He's just, you know, it's like that, that almost like that character, like you know. So it's all an illusion. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jimmy Carr is a legend. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, these guys. Yeah. This this thing just took. I mean, it's so crazy that this thing got taken to like another level now there's fucking roast battles everywhere now in the country south like america yeah holy south shit africa. south africa uh, yeah you know canada i think winnipeg has one chicago has one and you know you look at the road to roast battle mm. uh, great battlers in austin chicago new york oh I, I they're everywhere there's already everywhere. rumors of you know next year uh, it being bigger and, you know, possibly in Vegas and, uh, you know, I love Montreal, so I would love oh, yeah. to, uh, make a return and, uh, get a return matchup with Jimmy. Yeah. And uh, well, nothing that's saying, cause like I said, I know there's going to be a lot of comedians listening to this, man. If you're in another city right now, if you come to Hollywood, you need to see the roast battle in the belly room. You, yeah, yeah. you you have to experience the craziness that happens in that room. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, there's so many different things going on. There's you, there's the wave, there's the judges. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you'll really get the full impact of the roast battle once you see it here at the Hollywood Comedy Store on Tuesday nights. You know, And it's getting like, you know, a lot of people uh, wonder why I just do the haters table by myself now. Mm. Because there's, it's so crowded now in the judges section that mm -hmm. you not only have the three judges, uh, you know, whoever they may be, yeah. But now you have guys like, say, Ron White, who just comes in and sits in, and yeah, and Hannibal, and, yeah, exactly. And, uh, Dion Cole, mm. uh, Chappelle, everybody, uh, everybody's so just popping too in. many yeah. voices up there now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's really. Yeah, and if you think it's easy doing it, I suggest doing one before you give people advice on how to do a battle. <laughs> I know. It's so funny because now I literally, like just even today, I had two other uh, comics hit me up and like, you know, they want to hear my advice of the roast battle jokes. And I'm going to be brutally honest with them because, you know, I ran my roast battle jokes over with other comics and they were brutally honest with me. You know, I got to, you know, think like, you know, Polo and and Alex DeWong, you know what I'm saying? I just, hey man, tell me what you think about this Rose Battle Joe. And they tell me, hey dude, that thing sucks. Don't do that one. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you have to be <laughs> yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, I had, uh, I, I don't want to say their names because mm. I, I, some some people like to be anonymous in their, yeah. uh, in their help, but I had, um, and I've said this before, more outside writers uh, in Montreal than uh, Bon Jovi did on their last album. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not ashamed to admit that. And everyone, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, but here's the crazy thing: it mm. just goes to show you certain uh, ways work for other people. Certain yeah. don't. Mike Lawrence, I believe, was the only one to not use. Uh, any writers and, and that, he won the champ he that motherfucker's a monster dude that oh he's a crazy. fucking monster uh, dude it's so cr like the very first time i saw him i was all like this motherfucker's not fucking around this guy's bringing this guy's he you could just tell you know something it's almost like it's almost like 
remember being in high school and that you you had that one athlete at your school that like never worked out but then he would fucking play in the game and you're just so pissed off you're like why is this guy so athletically blessed that's that's michael you know what i'm saying you're just like this guy's so fucking crazy funny that he you just know he's just gonna do the shit himself i mean he's yeah. a two-time emmy nominated writer so yeah so i mean what do you what else what else really credits need, do you uh, need what else he doesn't really you know? need help writing yeah I do, exactly so i don't yeah. give a i'm a performer yeah uh, but uh for those of you uh critical of anything you saw in montreal or in the belly room mm -hmm. uh do a battle yourself exactly see how that grabs you yeah and uh you know or if you think it's easy hating uh, mm. i will make an exemption and have you sit right next to me oh geez. and uh, see how that goes for you so uh you know because a lot of people uh is, roast battle ain't easy so even when I someone know. bombs uh you, you know that girl from temecula who came out a few weeks ago, uh, you know, and she didn't have the greatest battle. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she had done some battles. You know, there is a sister show to Roast Battle in Temecula. Yeah, I think they, they do it on Thursdays. Frank Castillo yeah, Frank, uh, yeah. organizes it. It's called Roast Wars. Something like that. Something like that. And yeah. uh, the crowd judges, mm. uh, but they do have some judges. Uh, the, the roasters all get to do a set mm. before, so it's kind of yeah. a cool thing. Uh -huh. uh, but she... I, I think she had been successful in Temecula, mm -hmm. and uh, although I've never done the room, I, you know, I hear it's a great room. Uh, yeah, Temecula ain't the belly room. <laughs> no, exactly. And she found that out real fast. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. I point of the story is I respect her for having the balls, for lack of a better word, to go mm. up there, and it takes balls to roast. Oh, it does. Uh, whether it does it's on Comedy Central or it's uh, undercard on a Tuesday night. So yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think any comic who wants to do it should see one first. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. You know, and another thing too is that like, like we bring it up about the other stuff that's happening in the room. We doing okay on time? Oh, we're great, baby. Okay, okay. We could cut yeah. it off at any time. Okay. All right. Um, see, that's another thing too is that there's gonna be there's gonna be all these roast battles popping up everywhere in every city that has a comedy club. You know what I'm saying? And they're gonna do them, but they're not. They don't have the wave. They don't have you. They don't have the judges ripping their assholes. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's gonna throw you off. It's almost like, it's almost like okay, you're a uh, you're a boxer and you get in the ring and you know you could box, but guess what? There's going to be five other guys on the side. And when you go up against the rope, they're going to punch you in the face besides the guy that you're trying to fucking fight. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel how it is right now at the Hollywood Comedy Store. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, uh, you look at the I think there's probably 100 active roasters. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a I think they only do the rankings up to number 50. Yeah. But uh, you look at, say, the top 30. Uh, anyone could beat anyone. Oh, yeah. You know, I could see number 28 beating number one you know three yeah yeah uh you, you know and uh, t tomorrow night's a, a well this uh, this uh will be airing thursday so mm -hmm. uh but this is monday right now but uh mm -hmm. tomorrow tuesday night we've got uh, alex hooper against jay light wow that's a that's a mammoth uh you know battle yeah, a titanic battle one. that battle will be over uh by the time this airs, but, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, yep. you know, that's, that's just another example of it's a toss up battle. Uh, you and George Perez is 
you know, George doesn't battle that much, but he's mm. a killer. Yeah. Uh, he was on the road to roast battle and uh, gave Sarah Tiana all she could handle. Yeah. Um, so what is next for Guam Felix? Like you got the battle with George Perez in November. Yeah. Just basically just keep on doing shows here and, uh, like Monday nights, where can people find you at the comedy store? Yeah. Monday, you know, usually I'm always at the Tuesdays, you know, I get my random spots at the store and just randomly go wherever, you know, I'm just right now, I'm just concentrating on putting, um, like I already have an hour. And I'm just, my goal with my hour is to not alone make the, you know, comedian, uh, the, the people listening to it laugh, like I'm putting pressure on me to try to come up with some original jokes that some comics haven't heard before. You know what I'm saying? That's the pressure that I put on myself as a writer, like. Some guys might like you might not think my stand up comedy's funny, but you're at least you're gonna sit there and be like, I never heard that shit before. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the pressure that I'm putting on myself is just as a creative writer and joke writer. I wanna I wanna just do that. That's why look, I just did I just went to uh I just did some open mic late Saturday night at some garage in the back of uh Food for Less, like in the hood. I think it was uh Victor Martinez. Fuck you know, that. yeah, dude, it, dude, there was literally 10, 12 comics there. We're in some fucking back alley in his garage. But that's the shit that I don't give a fuck. That's the shit I will do because guess what? If I can make those fuckers laugh, there's no way in hell I'm not going to go in the comedy store and make those people laugh. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, 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 I get off on that shit. I like, <clears throat> like, you know, I love doing, uh, uh, big wings on, on Monday nights with Haiti and Alex Duong. You know, because that that's a rough ass room. And I, I, I love that challenge. I love getting up there and be like, OK, there's comics and there's a bunch of people not paying attention. Let me see what jokes I could say right now that's at least going to get them laughing. You know what right. I'm saying? And put that kind of pressure on myself. So, you know, that's that's I just dude, I, I'm going to do this shit until I die. Pretty much, you Which know. Which you almost did that one night. I had to battle Keith Carey. Oh yeah, dude. Like, man, let's let's bring that up for a second, man. Because like, I gotta pee. This is the first time right. I've ever done this. Right. I want you. To, there was another uh, legendary. Guam has been part of some of the most legendary nights of roast battle at the Comedy Store. There was a night where uh, two battles were canceled at the last second. One mm-hmm. battle was uh, uh, Mark Stevens against Ashley and. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally as Ashley was coming to the comedy store, she was uh, T-boned by a drunk driver, got really fucked up. Uh, She's okay now. And then uh, Guam, you take it from here. You were supposed to be the main event. Yeah. I was supposed to be the main event against Alex DeWong. And what happened was uh, Friday, I woke up and I thought I had the flu. So, you know, like flu symptoms. Oh, man, I'm like, I feel like shit. You know, and then I fucking threw up and I was like, oh, man, I, I'm not doing shit tonight. So the following morning, man, I woke up and it felt like there was a spear going through my back, through my front of my stomach. Like I was I've never been in that much pain before. So I was like, oh, fuck, I need to get to the hospital so I jumped in the cab. I went to the emergency room. I could barely I was crawling into the emergency room. And the nurse runs up to me and she goes, what's going on? And I said, I'm getting this really bad pain. Like I can't even walk. 
in my in my back and my in the front of my stomach and she knew right away she was like oh it's your kidneys so went in there they you know did my vitals whatever took my blood took my pee whatever and i'm laying there and dude i seriously thought i was gonna fucking die so they ran tests basically what was happening was um what i found out was i have like little kidney stones like floating around in my kidney and it was getting stuck in my i think it's called an urethra the tube that goes that makes the stuff that's in the kidney go you know to your whatever your your uh the rest of your body and that was getting plugged up so everything was backing up so it basically was shutting down one of my kidneys so i'm sitting there i'm totally Pussy. out of it i know i'm sitting there i'm in the hospital and the only thing i could think of was like okay it's saturday i can get out of here by tomorrow monday you know what i'm saying that's what a and, grinder you are is your yeah. biggest concern was how do I make my roast battle? Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing. I, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I was almost dying. I was all like, and it was so funny. I was still like going over my jokes. I was all like, I'm fucking passing out, but I'm still thinking about how the fuck I'm going to try to beat Alex Duong. So, um, so I dude, they started drugging the fuck out of me. And it's crazy because now I know why people get hooked on heroin because when they fucking started putting all that morphine in me and shit, dude, I seriously felt like I was going to get up and walk out of there. Like, that's how good I felt. This is the part that sucked. I, I didn't eat nothing for four days. They had me just on IVs and medication. It didn't eat nothing for four days. So, and then it came to, look, it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I asked the nurse, I go, I was still trying to get the fuck out of there. I was like, can I leave tomorrow? She's all like, no. She's all, you're going to be here at least another maybe three, three days. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to miss my roast battle. So the thing about it is that the nurse, this is what's so crazy. When you don't eat nothing for four days, the next thing you eat is going to be the best thing you ever fucking ate right. in your life. So she was like teasing me. She was like, I got a surprise for you. And I was like, what? My pussy. Yeah, dude. If she sat on my face, I would have fucking ate the shit out of her pussy. But she fucking gave me a popsicle, dude. And I was like, I'm so glad this popsicle's not a dick right now. Because I would have fucking went to town on that thing. I think Guam just came out of the closet. <laughs> so I was sitting there, dude, and I ate that thing. And it, it that moment right there, that made me realize how you should appreciate all the little things in life. Because, you know. Yeah. And then I was mad, and I was like, "Oh shit, we gotta, we gotta reschedule it." And then when I heard, did you have to? Did you call Moses and say, "Hey, man"? Yeah, I basically sent him. You know, I had enough strength to fucking message him, tell him, "Say, dude, I'm not getting the fuck out of the hospital." Like I told him like that Tuesday because I was, I was trying so bad to get the fuck out of there, right. you know. And um, so then that's all the things that happened. And then you know, you fucking, you guys stepped up to the plate and yeah. did your thing. Me and you Keith Carey, yeah. Think, uh, it's literally within about a half hour, Moses figured out that uh, two battles uh, were not yeah. going to happen. And and then, uh, you know, we had a legendary battle. And then uh, here we are onward and upward in exactly. 2016. So what where can people find you on Twitter? And are you on Instagram? Yeah. OK, I'm I just started two things. So uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, Guam Felix. That's G-U-A-M-F-E-L-A-X on my Instagram. On, I started a new Twitter handle. It's Guam Motivation. It's G U A M 
O-T-I-V-I-T-I-O-N, Guam Motivation. So I got this whole thing now with my Twitter that I'm starting to Twitter that I'm just going to talk about my life and just fucking appreciate, you know, because I, man, I look at my life right now and I'm like, dude, if I could fucking do stand-up comedy for fucking on and off for 20 years and deal with the heartache and the pain of just trying to survive and be a state man. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your life. You know what I'm saying? There's no excuse. I don't give a shit. Another thing too, is that I hear people when they sit there, like other guys that I know here in Hollywood, they're like, I can't find a job. I can't find a job. I said, motherfucker, I've had three jobs. Don't tell me you cannot get a job. You could work. You don't want to work. You know what I'm saying? If there's fucking Mexicans, dude, I just, I walked by the home Depot. It was so fucking hot. This was like last week. I felt so bad for these Mexican dudes. I took like 20 Mexican dudes in front of Home Depot and I took them to 7-Eleven and I bought them all drinks because I knew that one little drink was going to get these motherfuckers through the day of just, you know, because whatever jobs they these guys get picked. Look, it's hot as shit right now. It's like 90 degrees. Brutal. Yeah, they're going to make these Mexican guys go out in some field, dig ditches, you know what I'm saying? Do hard concrete labor and shit. And I knew that if I just bought these guys a fucking drink, it was going to fucking make their day. And those guys were so fucking grateful, man. The guys could barely even speak English, but they know how to say thank you. You Build know that wall, Trump. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's just, the, you know, I'm, you know, if anything that you're going to get from me is that my best advice in life right now, just take it day by day and you should be grinding whatever the fuck you want to do with your life. Go after that shit, man, because. Look, I mean, look at you and me, Earl. We're not young anymore. I am. Dude, dude, the fucking, the past, dude, the past 20 years went like that. Yeah. It did. Like, holy shit. Like, like I, it hits me hard because I would go to my nephews and nieces things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go to their graduation or go to their football game or about, and I'm like, holy fuck, man. I was doing that like 20 years ago. Like, I can't believe how fast that went, you know? So... I just want to just like, especially the comics, man, just fucking, you know, if you're here in Hollywood, just fucking grind, man, and fucking bust your ass, do your stage time. This is a very special thing that you're doing. Don't ever give up on doing this shit, man. You were born to do stand up comedy. So keep on at that shit. Don't fucking give up, man, because trust me, I'm not giving up. And if I'm not giving up, you shouldn't give up, you know? And but there's a few of you out there who should give up. Yeah. <laughs> so don't uh, you know? Don't uh, take that too much to heart. It's a good way to end it. Uh, yeah. Thomas Edison uh, failed over ten thousand times before he invented the light bulb. Yeah. Uh, so you guys keep working on that, taking it in the ass bit, because <laughs> uh, it's going to get you places. Yeah. But uh, Guam Felix, one of the good guys up at the Comedy Store and L.A. Comedy in general. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for coming Thank down, you, Earl. Dude. Thank you so much, man. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Uh, anytime to come back. Uh, you got any big shows coming up you want people to get to? or No, I'm just doing, I'm, right now I'm just doing all the local stuff right here in San Diego, right? I mean, not in L.A. And then I'm going to be doing some stuff in San Diego like in two months. But I'm just concentrating on doing all the shows here in L.A. And uh, yeah. be on the lookout for his battle with the great uh, Jorge Perez. Yeah. Uh, that that's going to be an all timer. Uh, George is one of the best, and uh, uh, roast battle every Tuesday night at the Comedy Store around ten thirty. Uh, yep. They do stand up before, and uh, go on uh, Comedy Central's website. I think it's cc dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, all episodes of uh, Roast Battle, the Road to Roast Battle, are up. Uh, check them out, and uh, you know, uh, tweet out your love for the show. Uh, 
And you know where to find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Earl Skakel. You can find Inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps, you know. And uh, not sure who the next guest is going to be. Actually, I am sure. Uh, Frank Castillo. Yeah, Frank, Frank. Coming back for more. Another Comedy Store employee. Great comic, great roaster. He'll be uh, next week. Uh, and uh, we'll just keep the uh, roast battle gravy train rolling. Rolling. <laughs>